This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon and welcome along to Sunday's edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley and I'm joined as I am every single week on a Sunday and Tuesday and Thursday as well by our senior ATP Tour handicapper on Because We Win, Sean Calvert. Now, Sean, we've just sat and watched through a bit of a painful afternoon. You know, we had such a great week. Yannick Sinner has been absolutely brilliant for us. But we've mm. run into a day where he's just hit uh, a bit of a brick wall and just a bit of an illness and um, never played his best game in that final there against Medvedev. No, he's, it's what we've always said about Sinner, isn't it? it, it the, the issue is not with his talent necessarily. It's just that physical side. that's always It's always put me off backing him in Grand Slams because I've, I've never really been convinced that he's he's able to do the full two weeks at, at, you know, at full pelt. And I did think he'd be able to do this in Miami. I know it's hot. I know it's humid. I know the conditions aren't easy, but disappointing that he couldn't even really compete today. I mean, he just could, he couldn't do anything, could he? There's nothing in his legs from what I can tell. He, he, he was complaining of dizziness. I don't know whether it was just the fatigue and everything of the Alcaraz match. Maybe he didn't sleep much that night. I don't know. Um, but he certainly, whatever the reason, he certainly didn't have the capability to produce anything like the sort of tennis that we'd seen from him previously in the week, you know, it, it, when he was a lot fresher, he was, he was great. You know, he was great all the way up to the final. And then I don't know whether nerves played a part in it or what, but well, for whatever reason, he just couldn't compete today. Could he? No, it was a bit of disappointment. Um, you know, he said he suffered from a bit of dizziness. He suffered from his legs didn't feel the same, but the, you know, it, does it go back to that point that I've made several times on these podcasts where you actually play the number one in the world in a semifinal and you sort of get yourself so hyped and so hyped up for a big get match that when you come to a final, I know it's Medvedev and he's Possibly, a quality yeah. player, man, in form. It, it's a little bit of a come down and it's one of those things that I'll always like to, and we're talking in hindsight here now. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. I didn't hedge the position on the sin. I did, you know, I did, I did exactly what you said. I mean, we talked about hindsight. But I suppose sometimes it's the strategy of when you get a player into a final of a major or a big tournament like this, which is arguably the fifth or the sixth biggest tournament in the world, is when you... What's the easier route? I think the easier route is to come through against a weaker opponent in the semifinals and, and an easier route rather than come through in the high-intensity match like he did against Alcaraz, which was an epic match. And that, but that hype around it probably is a negative, really. Not, 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 I'm not critical of what we did today or what we've done going forward, but maybe it's something that we anybody who's a, no, a novice better on tennis to maybe consider going forward throughout this year and the year, years on. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it, like I said, it, it it was a long match. It was a it was an intense match. It was he would have been absolutely pumped at the end. So he, he may not have had any sleep that night. So yeah, it's 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 is yet you don't know though, do you? With with hindsight, you know, if it had been fine, we wouldn't be saying it. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it just depends. It's it's an intangible, isn't it? You just have to sort of take it how you see it. And 
um you know i didn't to be honest i, I didn't consider that possibility before the final uh maybe i should have but it, you know there was quite some considerable time between the semi and the final he perhaps should have stripped up fitter maybe it goes back to what we're saying about his stamina maybe it isn't quite there yet it, it would certainly put me off him backing him in majors because if, if he's not even able to do this uh see this one out well i'm on him for wimbledon i'm i'm i mean i mean i mean heavy now i mean for wimbledon all day long uh, i think the other problem the, the problem as well i think the heat was a big condition as well i mean sinner's you know, he's a fair skinned guy. You know, he, he, I know he's hot. he comes from from Italy, where he should be used to a bit of a heat. But it was it is a hot, it is hot conditions, and to play in those kind of conditions is is quite taxing. Well, he didn't you have any problems feel. earlier in the week, did he? It's just it was just today. It may have been a, a combination of all different things. You know, it was hot earlier in the week as well. It wasn't like it was cool, and then suddenly it got a lot hotter today. I mean, um, it could have been nerves. It could have been nerves. Could play. Could have, could have played a part. Maybe he didn't sleep much. Maybe that's that's got something to do with it. But you know, we're guessing really, aren't we? Well, I think we always have to have a, you know, we have to when you when you when you bet for a living or when you follow these kind of things, you have to have a breakdown of the of the things that are good and the positives and things that are negative on it. But on, on the week and the whole, it's been a very good week. We've had lots of nice winners on the matches, a couple of parlays in the early part of the week. We've we've made profit on the week, but it's unfortunate against that final. I still think he's to take out the tournament. I think he was exceptionally good. Um, and from all the stats and from all the data on the tournament, you would not be considering a a hedge of a position at minus one ten. But it's just the question of the mentality of the lad and whether he's got the belief that he can, you know, he is that winning mentality where Medvedev has, you know, won big, big tournaments and in man in form. And it's just like, you know, it's just a question we take into the next round and look at Sinner now. Yes, ticks the box talent. Yes, ticks this box in terms of shot making power. But, you know, we've got a big question mark over him on certain aspects of the game. And, you know, it's just a learning curve, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, I, I did think he was ready to step up and win either Indian Wells or Miami and... You know, he was very, very close. He couldn't have been much closer, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think the fitness doubt is still there. The rest of it, you know, his game was absolutely superb uh, at times this week. Some of the best tennis that I've seen all season. Um, just that physical uh, question mark, it looks like it's still there. Yeah, I, th- I think the media and everyone's pumped him up for that final. And I think he's won that game against Alcaraz and he thinks, well, I've done it now. And mentally, he's probably up against an opponent that just... Let's come through a little bit fresh. But anyway, we, we've hit the crossbar with our pick on the Yannick Sinner. Gets to the final, gets beat by Daniel Medvedev. Uh, he hasn't, you know, he had he had some injury concerns. He felt dizzy in the match, but, well, but a disappointing performance. And we move on to this week. And this week we had three tournaments all on clay. So now we're moving into the clay court season all around the world. We have three different continents. We have a, a tournament in Africa, we have a tournament in Europe and a tournament in Northern America. At the time of recording this, we don't have many odds at the moment. Everyone's been watching the Sinner match. All the tennis compilers have been uh, busy this weekend uh, in Miami. Up, haven't they? That's... They must have done. They, ain't, they haven't done any grafting. I've been, Sunday, I've been Sunday night. You know, it's pretty late now on Sunday night, and we've we've barely got any prices for anything. We have no prices, not hardly any prices. But they, what we're going to do here is we're going to go through what we've got. They aren't the best of tournaments this week. They're three ATP Tour 250 events. We start off with the first one, which is on the clay in Houston. Now, when you look at the list of previous winners of this tournament, it doesn't sort of jump out clay court winners. Uh, Riley Apelka's won this. John Isner's won this on clay. So this mm. must be a very fast clay court for, for those kind of guys to be winning because, you know, if it was a European clay court, they would be nowhere near the final end of the tournament. Um, before we break down the tournament, look at the draw, give us some of the conditions that you expect to see in Houston and what we've seen in previous years, Sean. 
Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a clay clay event. This it's 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 American red clay, which is like a hard true clay. It's not it's not the same as the as the European clay. It's it's laid on top of a hard surface, which can make it quite slippery. A lot of the players of the players have complained in the past that it's it's quite slippery because it's not it's not a proper clay court as we know it, as as most people would think of a clay court. This isn't this isn't it really. Um, this is American red clay, which is different. Now, I think I think the thing that's that's made it quicker in the past as well as the fact that it's not proper clay as such is the fact they used to use these Wilson US Open balls and this according to their website they're now using Dunlop balls which are slower in previous years these Wilson balls have been flying around and it's had a ton of big servers in it a lot of the American guys you know the Isners and and the Queries and the Steve Johnsons and all these guys used to play in it on, on a fairly regular basis so that that does sort of skew the stats a little bit um as you said, Apelka and Isner were the finalists last year. So there were 83% holds to serve and 73% first serve points won, which puts it pretty much the same as Miami was this week, if you wanted to do it as a comparison. Um, the average over the last five editions 80, is 80% holds of serve and 72, 72% first serve points won. So that's also very, very quick. But as I say, there's always a lot of big servers in it and they were using these Wilson US Open balls. Uh, 38% of the matches have featured a tie break here. Now I, I suspect if, if it's, if what they're saying is correct, if they're now using Dunlop balls, that should make it slightly slower. And I would think that would give us a slight favoritism to, to the clay courts. I think it gives them more of a level playing field than, than those little light Wilson US open balls that they used to use. Um, so I think that, that would be very interesting. Um, if you look at um, the last eight editions, it's always, been a, a tournament which has had quite a lot of underdog winners 39 percent of them have won uh over the last eight editions no number one seed has won houston since andy roddick in 2005 so it's not a place for for top seeds normally um and if you look at the last five winners there's a bit of a mix there's riley apelka obviously big server huge server then you go to christian garin steve johnson won here twice and then juan monaco so there's been a bit of a mix of the big servers and, and the clay quarters and no qualifier has made the final list since Zabaleta in 2007. So it's not normally good for good one for the qualifiers either, but those are the conditions that we expect in Houston. They are the conditions. Let's look at the betting. Uh, number one seed is Francis TFO. He is the second favorite at plus 450. The favorite of the tournament is the number two seed, federal American Tommy Paul at plus $4. Uh, then we have uh, plus seven dollars. Another American, Brandon Nakashima. Three players that I definitely want to face without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, the fourth favorite is someone I quite like, Christian Garin. Played very well. I felt in Miami against the Stefanos Tsitsipas. Should have beat Stefanos Tsitsipas. Going back to conditions that should suit there. There's a former champion here as well. He's yeah, plus eight hundred. He's in the bottom half of the draw. We have nine hundred. Uh, John is now in the top half. 1,400 J.J. Wall, 1,400 Kubler, 1,400 uh, Marcus Geron, and at 2,000 uh, Jordan Thompson and Jack Sock. Um, I'm, I like Nakash, I, I like, uh, sorry, Christian Garin here at, at plus 800 in the bottom half of the draw. I think the bottom half of the draw, I, th I believe, is probably a little bit weaker than the top half of the draw. Francis TFO, John Isner, J.J. Wolf in the top half, well, they're only marginally. Uh, in the bottom half, we've got Nakashima, Tommy Paul, uh, a lot of the seeds have been buyed, got to buy through to the first round. The first four seeds go automatically into the second round. So TFO, Nakashima, Paul and Isna have gone into that second round. That's probably why they're short in the betting. But I want to fade all three of those favourites, all three of those Americans, Paul, TFO 
and uh, and Nakashima. And I think Gary, on what I saw last week in, in Miami, he, he, for me, would be my pick here at plus 800. But I know you have someone at a nicer price, a much more tastier price. But in that same sort of section of the draw, uh, tell us who you like here, Sean. Yeah, this is in the third quarter of the draw, isn't it, where, where Garen's in. This is this is about really taking on Nakashima. Um, never really done much on clay. Quite inexperienced um, on clay, Nakashima. He's won three and lost four of his seven matches at main level on clay. Um, he's never played Houston before, so new conditions for him. I just think it's very. It's, he's not played this se- well this season anyway. He's been really disappointing this season so far, based on what he did last year, Nakashima. So he's a fade for me in that in that third quarter. And and Garin, yeah, it's, Garin is certainly a a very strong contender. He's won eight of his nine matches here. Garin comes in here, you know, on good form as you say. Played well at Indian Wells. Also played well in Miami. Should have beaten Sitsipas. I think he's yeah, he's a a definite um possibility in that in that um in that section. But I've I've taken Echeverry at, I took him at twenty two to one this morning. Echeverry. Um very, very good stats on clay this season. Um in terms of service points one and return points one, he's on hundred and five, which is excellent. And in terms of service holds and break totals, he's on hundred and seven. Um, on all services, just 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 before just before yep. we go into just a lot of people have asked me when you say one hundred five and one hundred seven, people might be new yep. to this podcast. You just explain what that actually means to to anybody who's new to game uh, bit match. I know we're getting a lot of new people on all the time, so if you just explain to us what that actually means. It's just a total of their serve, the, the service points one and their return points one um, on on any particular surface over a certain time frame. So in this in this case, um. We're looking at Echeverry and his his total in terms of service points one added to his return points one on clay um, is 105. That's and it, it's how you see those numbers really. I mean, 105 is very very good. I mean, it's difficult to say what an average would be because it, it kind of depends. But anything over 100 is good. Um, obviously, the, the more you are over 100, then then the better it is. 105 is is pretty good for someone that's you're going to get at around about 16 to 1 18 to 1 20 to 1 I got him at 22 to 1 um you're getting if you, if you're back in Echeverry at that price then you're getting a guy who's got excellent stats this season he, he made the final in um, Santiago altitude he can play in quicker conditions he played pretty well in Australia took a set off Kashanov in quick conditions in Miami uh he's just having a very good season so far um and I think there's a, certainly a chance that you can get through that that weaker section uh, with Nakashima in it, and um, twenty two to one, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, we're both going for a player in that third section. That's a very. The thing is, with Echeverry, he's got a, tif- a very difficult first round match, or well, tricky first match against one Manuel Serendulo. Obviously, Serendulo's brother Francesco did so well last week in Miami. So yeah, that's it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one for him. So that if he gets past that game, that match he'd probably be half the price he is now. So that's probably why he's twenty two to one not around about the 10 or 12 to 1 mark that you, you might expect for a player with such good clay court stats. So, so Echeverry for sure. I'm going to go for Christian Gary. And we're both trying to fade Nakashima in that third quarter. And hopefully we can get through to a semifinalist. And if we've got Tommy Paul or Marcus Geron or Jack Sock in the semifinals, I think whoever we get through should be favourite or very close to being favourite to make their way through to the final. So that is our thoughts of that third quarter. I think there's a motivation sorry mate, I think there's a motivation issue with some of these Americans this week. I mean TFO's 3-4 win loss here Tommy Paul's 2-3 I just wonder if they're really up for this having come from a long spell at kind of Acapulco, Indian Wales Miami, you know, are they going to be that bothered about Houston? That's 
you know, as I said, no top seeds won here since 2005. So the trends suggest that, you know, the top guys uh, do tend to struggle here, perhaps with motivation, perhaps just the switching in surfaces, perhaps they're not, not prepared for it yet. So it's, yeah, it's not a tournament that, that the favourites have gone particularly well in over the years. And perhaps with the paltry prize money on offer, which is compared, not for me and oh, you, but for that, these top guys. That could be well. a factor, I suppose. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a big factor as well. So Houston, we could have a problem for Tommy Paul and Francis TFO and Brandon Nakashima, the three Americans. We want to fade the three. And we're going for some South Americans to progress in the tournament in Houston, which starts tomorrow. Check out the Bet Rivers website. You'll have all the first round matches. And remember, you can live stream all those matches, if you take your bet on the match or on, on any of the matches this week, you can watch those games live on the Bet Rivers website. Let's move across the, uh, to a different continent, going to Africa now, to Marrakesh in Morocco, where you'll be heading, Sean, tomorrow for yeah. us. Um, you were telling me last week that you, you know, it's 36 degrees, 35 sure. degrees, you're, you're packing your, your swimming trunks, and you were. You sort of, you know, I was saying, oh, I've come back from Miami. I'm a little bit tired, you know, tired. And somebody said, I'll be in Marrakesh. It's 35, 36. I'll check the weather mm. forecast today, mate. I'll check the weather forecast. Take your umbrella. Take your, um- <laughs> take your umbrella, pal. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it's not, it's just not funny. I mean, it was, it's been like 32, hilarious. It's hilarious for everybody else. Yeah. It's been like 30, in between 30 and, and sort of 35 for the last two weeks in Marrakesh, you know, it's obviously in the middle of the desert and now they're saying it's going to hammer it down on, on Wednesday. Um, Tuesday, it's, it's going to be, <laughs> Tuesday, it's going to be, all, I think it's going to be okay Tuesday and Thursday, but it's still going to be kind of a way, way, way cooler than, than it was. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to sit in 35 degrees, to be honest. That's a little bit too much, but, you know, it's, it's dropped about 15 degrees. So, um, yeah, going to keep an eye on the weather forecast in Marrakesh. And when are you coming back? Uh, Saturday. Oh, Sunday's supposed to be lovely. <laughs> Sunday is supposed to be beautiful. Well, Saturday probably will be as well, because I've got an early flight, so that probably be Yeah, nice I think well. Saturday is good. I've checked. Oh, it's it? very okay. hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyone <laughs> going Saturday, Sunday in Marrakesh, you can have a great time. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, take your break. Yeah, forget it. Uh, unfortunately, there's no prices out on the tournament, but let's give you the, the draw. In the top half of the draw, we give you the number, the, the top four seeds. Number one seed, Lorenzo Mazzetti's in the top half of the draw. He uh, is scheduled to face Richard Gasquet, the veteran in the quarterfinals. Botic van der Sandtrip has got a long trip back from Miami to uh, Marrakesh in Morocco. He's the number three seed. He's scheduled to play Benjamin Bonzi in the bottom half of the draw. Maxim Cressy uh, is scheduled to play Talion Grigspor. Uh, Nicholas Jarrett, who's been on good form on the South American swing, he's due to play um, Dan Evans. So when you look at the eight seeds, you can see Mazzetti's the number one seed. And Mazzetti's been in absolutely terrible, terrible form. So um, before we go on to like where you think the value may be in the draw, unfortunately, we can't give any odds now because at the time of recording this, we need to get this up so you can listen to this. There isn't any odds available by any of the bookmakers, but uh, Lorenzo Mazzetti is the number one seed here. Um, what are your feelings of the draw and what 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 the trends that we've seen over the years on the clay in Marrakesh? Yeah, this is played at slight altitudes, around about 460 metres of altitude. So it's l- perhaps a little bit quicker than than a few of the clay events at, at sea level. Uh, as I said, it's been very hot the last two weeks. It's it's going to be hot again tomorrow on Monday. So um, I do get there on Monday, but obviously after the sun goes down, so I'm going to miss that. So it's been hot. So the, the courts should play quick on Monday. Um, as I said, cooler on Tuesday and then a bit of rain. So conditions might change. Well, they will change, obviously, with a bit of rain. It'll make it a little bit slower. Um, it averages 74% holds of serve and 69% first serve points, one which is kind of the same as Rio and Munich. 
It's that sort of speed. Um, 34% of the matches have featured a tiebreak. Quite a lot of underdog winners here. 39% very, very similar to Houston. Again, it's probably because the players are coming from hard courts onto their first clay uh, event of the year. And you do sometimes get a few perhaps slightly peculiar results. Last three outright winners of here have all been priced between 24 to 1 and 125 to 1. Um, and no number one seed has made the final either here or in Casablanca, where it was previously held since Stanislas Vavrinka in 2010. Um, no qualifiers made it past the quarterfinals yet. Um, and the five winners that have lift, uh, lifted the trophy in Marrakesh so far, um, Goffin, Benoit Pair, Pablo Andujar, um, Borna Choric and, and Federico Del Bonis. So different styles um, of players. Um, but yeah, those are the conditions and the trends. So they're the conditions. Unfortunately, we've got no odds. Um, but you know, it's very difficult to ask you to 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 have a lean or a pick without having odds. But uh, just by yeah. looking at the draw, you know, if the odds come out, it's nowhere near what you think it would be. If you, if you were looking for someone who, who who could possibly venture to the latter stages or the section of the draw that is quite favourable, or the stats is screaming out they're going to do well this week, where would you where would you uh, head us in the direction of? I think you need to look at the bottom half of the draw. I think the top half is is a little bit complicated. Um, I certainly wouldn't be backing Massetti on the form that he's in. He also had his, his thigh strapped in practice last week, uh, a few days ago. He was practicing in San Remo where they had the challenger there. Um, and he posted a photograph on Instagram with his with his right thigh strapped. So he's, he's in bad form and he's clearly not fully fit. Um, so the, the bottom half for me looks, it looks a lot more open. You've got if two of the seeds are Dan Evans and Maxime Cressy who you know they're not they're not clay court players Cressy struggles in these sort of conditions um Evans does as well I think the obvious candidates in the bottom half are, are Greek Spore and and Jerry um I like the fact with Greek Spore I like the fact that he he kind of missed Miami he was sort of he wanted to have a little bit of a rest rest his body a little bit and get prepared for the clay season so he he may well be the best prepared uh, of all of these, a lot of these are coming straight from Miami. He he skipped that, so he's certainly on the short list for me. Greek Spore Corey is a possibility. He's gone well here before. Uh, Federico Corey is, I think he's a former semi finalist here. Let me just have a look. Yeah, semi finals here last year. Beat Davidovich, Fakina, and Gasquet, and then lost to Goffin last year. Also made the final in Cordoba, which is almost exactly the same altitude as here. So you would give Corey a chance as well. So I think yeah, I think Greek Spore and Corey are the two that I'm sort of waiting for the prices on. Yeah, I quite like Jerry as well, but obviously these are very different conditions that he's going to find from the South American tour, where he did well in his homeland in Chile, won the tournament there, and then come across over here. But um, I think that bottom half of the draw is definitely the way to go, and Grigsbore and Jerry are the standouts in that bottom half of the draw. But check out the Bet Rivers website when the odds come available, and you've heard Sean's leans there. Uh, the final event, again, unfortunately we have no prices. It's uh, in Portugal. It's the Estoril Open. Uh, number one seed is Casper Ruud here. Uh, number two is Herbert Herkash, and number three seed we have is uh, where's number three seed? I can't find the number three. Oh, yeah, Davidovich Fikina. He's in the bottom half of the draw. Number four seed Batista Agut. Number five seed we have uh, Sebastian Bays. Number six we have Kekmanovic. Seven seed we have uh, Diego Schwartzman, and number eight seed is Ben Shelton. Arguably, I would say that of all the tournaments this week, this has probably got the the best field. It's probably the most competitive if you look at the players in it. Top Dominic Team, a former major champion, is in the draw as well. Again, uh, no odds for us to talk about, but um, 
what the condition is going to be like here in Estoril. If you look at the the previous winners, they seem to be a lot more um, traditional clay court players. Sebastian Bayes has won it before. Uh, Souza is a shock when he won it. Uh, the Portuguese player who's in the top half of the draw, scheduled to play Casper Ruud in the second round. It's more. It seems to be more natural clay quarters are winning here than the other two tournaments we spoke about. Yeah, I mean, a few hardcourt guys have made the final here, but it's it's by and large, it's it's clay quarters that have kind of held sway here in recent years. Um, they've moved this in the calendar, um, Estoril, from the last week in April to, to now the first week in April. Um, I mean, the weather looks okay, but there's there's a bit of rain in the forecast, and it's it's not going to be that hot, sort of twenty one degrees. So I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought conditions would be particularly quick. It averages seventy four percent holds a serve and sixty seven percent first serve points one in the seven editions that have been played since it moved to Estoril. Very average for a clay court, not quick, not desperately slow. Um, pretty good conditions. Baez won it last year, kind of tells you um, that it does suit the clay quarters. Um, not normally a good one for, for number one seeds this year. Only three number one seeds have won here since Roger Federer in 2008. Um, and four of the last six winners have been double-figure prices, but nothing bigger than 20 to 1. Um, the last six finalists will price between 16 to 1 and 40 to 1. So there's been a you know, decent bit of each way value around. And as I said, a few hard quarters have made the final TFO a couple of times. Gilles Muller, uh, Nick Kyrgios, you know, all made the final. So it's, it's got something for everyone, This the, the, um, these conditions in Estoril. Uh, again, the first four Cs get buys through to the round of 16. So Kasper Ruud, uh, Herkas, Davidovich Vikina and Batista Agut are all through to the last 16. And I know you've got a, not strong fancy, but as someone who's, you, you think has got the capabilities to do well, who is already through to that, uh, someone in them top four seeds. And I'm in agreement with you on this pick. I really like this one. And uh, I want to hear what you have to say about this one. Yeah, I think I think Davidovich Vikina in, in Q3 is is the bet here. If he's a reasonable price, or it depends on the odds. Um, he, he's got Schwartzman, who's you know not... Not uh, the the player he was by any means in in this uh, in this half of the draw, and then her cash. It was an emergency substitution after Corder pulled out. Um, I wouldn't be that worried about him either. Really, it's a tournament that you know he should be winning. Davidic Fakina. He's you know he he played um, very well early in the clay swing last year. Got to the final of Monte Carlo. Um, had another one of those bad losses here last year. He lost a match he definitely should have won against Tierfo here last year. He's got a good record. Nine uh, three win loss here. Not won a tournament yet at main level, Davidovich Vakina. This looks a great chance. I'm in total agreement with you. I thought he played absolutely brilliant in Miami against um, Tommy Paul. Just served double faults at crucial times. Should have won that match. Completely was in control, but just had um, Davidovich Vakina moments where he lost his temperament, smashed a few rackets, lost his composure, and ultimately lost the game. But um, his shot ability, his his form, he, he he was hitting the ball from the back of the court. He looked like he was preparing himself very nicely for a clay court season. And as you say, he got to the final in Monte Carlo last year. So he wants to peak quite well to defend those points in in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, I, lo- I love that play. Um, when you say, hopefully, he's a, he's a nice price, I mean, what kind of price do you envisage? I mean, I'm looking at this market here. I, I'm expecting Kasper Rudd to be favourite. I mm. think Herbert Herkas will be second favourite. And I think David Avich-Fakina will probably be third favourite. And I, I reckon we'd probably be looking at around about seven to one. Yeah, I was I going to say about eight to one. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know whether whether like that. that would. Yeah. So if we if we if we hit double figures, when it's it's a great. Oh well, yeah, game, definitely so, double figures. Um, yeah. seven eight to one's okay. I mean, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. He's he's he should be winning 
that half of the draw. And then in the final, I honestly couldn't say who it's going to be because I wouldn't be confident about Rude. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be backing Bautista or Gut in these sort of conditions. Might be Baez again. Yeah. I might make the final again. Um Shelton, you can't see. Team, I can't see. Um yeah, he's 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 got a great chance. He's he's got to start winning these tournaments now. He's, you know, he's top twenty five in the world and he's still not won a main level tournament. Yeah. Uh, but he's got, honestly, he played really well the other day in defeat. He was a takeout of that match. He's been playing great all season. It's just, he just, yeah. he still loses matches that he should win. If you bring um, that form back, we might have, we might have a chance. We're in agreement of that. So Davidovich for Kina. Uh, let's quickly move on uh, to some matches. And we, we haven't got many matches, but we've, we've highlighted four matches here at the three different tournaments. The first match we want to talk about is in Estoril. Uh, it's uh, I think it's due to be played on Tuesday, early morning on Tuesday. It's uh, Nuno Borges up against Quintin Hallis. Um, these two have met one, twice before, actually. Uh, the one time they met Borges won on clay, last time in 2021. The other one was many, many years ago, in 2015, which Hallis won. There has been some money for Borges. He's a favourite here at minus 189. Hallis is plus 185. Hallis was beat by Medvedev in Miami. Uh, Borges was beaten in the first round by Ruzovora. So, uh, but his form coming into it, he won a challenger event in Phoenix. Um, not really much in their current form, if you look at their current form, but a big difference in the betting on this one. What do you like here, Sean? Yeah, I like a parlay. Borges is the first leg. Um, right. Hallis is 1-9 win-loss on clay at main level. Um, Borges, as you said, been in great form. That was a really strong Phoenix challenger that he won. A couple of weeks back, he was too tired to, you know, he had to really rush to Miami to get there. And he was he was too tired to do anything there. But now he's had a little bit of rest. He should be fine. I mean, if you take the last fifty matches played by these pair on clay, at challenger level and main level, Borges is, is very far ahead on the stats. You know, his, his service hold break total is one hundred and eight. Service points one, return points one total is one hundred and five. Alice is on one hundred and one and one hundred and one. It's a match that Borges should win on clay, as you say. He beat him on clay um, at challenger level a couple of years ago, won 61% of his second serve points that day to Halis' 38. It's, it's, it's a match that on clay that Borges should win. Yeah, Borges, uh, let's get off favourite betters for a winning start in Estoril. Move across to Marrakesh, one game you like here, Richard Gasquet up against uh, Alexandre Muller. Uh, Gasquet minus 149, Muller plus 120. The spread is one and a half. The totals are 22 and a half. This match is in Marrakesh. Again, it's a Tuesday start. They've met once before, and uh, Alexandre Muller won that match, which was on uh, clay in 2022, and won it fairly easy, 6-2, 6-4. What do you like for this one? Yeah, I mean, Gasquet at challenger level is... <laughs> He's not very motivated, shall we say. Um, in the last year at challenger level, he only won 54% of his matches, Gasquet. He won 60% at main level. So he's actually winning quite a few less matches than he, at challenger level than he is at main level. I just don't think he's motivated for them at this stage of his career. Gasquet's got a fabulous record. Um, if you've backed him at this sort of price over his career and recently, you, you'd be well in profit. Uh, if you look at what he's done when he's been priced up between 1.6 and 1.8, on all surfaces, he's won 13 of his last 15 matches in that price range. On clay, in his, his career, he's won 13 of 17 matches and 11 of the last 13. So when he's slight favourite like this, he's delivered time and time again. Very rarely has he ever has he ever let you down. Yeah, he lost to Muller at that in that challenger. I'm not I'm not that worried about that. I don't think he really cares about that the, the challenges. That's that's borne out by the stats. His his numbers on clay are still very good. Service points one, return points one total of 101 last year, 60% win rate, and a hold break total of 102. He should be beating Muller. Um, 
uh, motivated Gasquet should be too good for Muller. That's the second right. part of the parlay. So we've got uh, Borges in Estoril, Gasquet uh, in Marrakesh, and then we go move across to America in Houston. And both of these matches are tomorrow, uh, so Monday, 3 p.m. start Eastern time. The other two matches are on Tuesday. We have Marcus Giron at minus 295. He's up against Emilio Gomez. And we also have Kovacevic minus 127 against uh, Brawler. Plus 104. If you look at the Bet Rivers website, they have 28 different bets on this match, including spreads, totals, set betting, the lot. Uh, we look at the Giron Gomez match. Uh, Giron, the number seven seed, leads 2 0 in the head to heads. Uh, 2019 won in straight sets, 6 3, 6 4. 2017 in a futures event, he won 6 4, 6 3. So reversal on the first two sets. And in the other game, Brava actually beats uh, Leeds Kovacevic 1-0 in the head-to-heads, and that was in 2021, again in the Challenger match, which went the distance. Um, what are your thoughts on these two? Uh, I'm going to be pretty brief. We haven't got much time left. But, um, yeah, I th- I'm happy to take Brava on clay uh, against Kovacevic. Kovacevic only, only played 14 career matches on clay at all levels. 6-8 win-loss. I don't think the slower balls will help him. Um, likes a fast surface, Kovacevic. Brava made the quali- uh, the quarterfinals as a qualifier here last year. He's won thirteen of his last eighteen of sorry thirteen of the eighteen matches that he's played on clay in the last twelve months. Most at challenge level, but some here in Houston as well. Happy to take Brava as underdog there. Um, just think that's a poor price on Kovacevic in these conditions. Uh, and Giron, um, his stats on clay are really really bad. He's lost ten of his last thirteen matches on clay. Um, on the stats of his last ten matches on the, in this on this surface at main level, he's two eight win loss, service points one, return point one, total of ninety one, and a whole break total of eighty one. You know, he's clay is not his surface, but neither is it for Gomez. It's quite unusual for an Ecuadorian not to play on clay, but he plays almost exclusively on hard Gomez. He's only ever played two main level matches in his entire career on clay. One of them was in Quito at high altitude in twenty seventeen. I just think this is a match that. Giron will probably win eventually, but he's he's no he's so poor on clay that it might take him three sets. So I've I've gone for the um two one to, to gear on here at um plus two seventy with Bet Rivers. Two seventy gear on to win two hundred. Could quickly run run through your picks uh for tomorrow and Tuesday, Sean, please. Uh yeah, the outright I took Echeverry uh, in Houston. I took him at twenty two to one. Um again, we've not seen all the prices on that yet. Um the match bets, the the parlay of Gasquet and Borges and Brava as underdog against Kovacevic and gear on to win 2-1 against Gomez. There you go. Uh, great week last week in Miami. We didn't get the winner, but we had a fantastic week. And there's three ways to follow us here on Bet Rivers. You can download the podcast, the Betting Weekly Game Bet Match Podcast which is uh, we can be downloaded on your preferred podcast provider. You can also follow us on our YouTube channel, uh, the Bet Rivers Network, where you can keep across everything we do here, as well as the the soccer, the basketball, the the baseball season to start as well. Some great content on us there, and also you can follow us on our Twitter handle, which we share amongst all the handicappers at Because We Win, where Sean will be giving you all his picks live from courtside in Marrakesh with his umbrella, with an umbrella uh, from yeah. in the in the umbrella, uh, the very wet uh, Marrakesh. Sean, thank you very much. Have a very very safe journey tomorrow. And I'll catch you you on Tuesday. Thank you very much for watching and stay safe. And we'll speak to you very soon. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.